Uh, good day and welcome once again to our Bible study. We're going to be continuing on in the book of Matthew, chapter 24. Actually, we're going to finish the book of Matthew today, God willing. Uh, we'll be covering verses 43 through 51. And what you're going to see in today's lesson is that Jesus wants us to answer a question. And that question is this. Will you be one of those who remain faithful in the end times, right? In other words, if the end times happen today, will you be one of those believers who will be raptured up with the church because you had faith in Jesus that Jesus was coming back for the church? Are you truly committed? Or, Jesus wants to know, are you a lukewarm Christian, right? Or are you a half-committed, half-hearted Christian? In other words, you say you worship God, you say you love Jesus, right? But when things get real difficult, right? Because they will get difficult in those birth pains right before the wrath of God. And we know that. Because we study that in Matthew 24 verses 4 through 15 where we see that the church will go through some serious heartache. We will go through wars. And while wars are going on, there's going to be rumors of war, Jesus told his disciples, right? But not only that's going on, there's also going to be diseases and pestilence going on at the same time and natural disasters. All of these things are occurring. The church will be persecuted. Believers will be put to death in those times. So all of this stuff is going on. But Jesus also said this, the end is not year. The end is not yet near. Why? Because the gospel needs to be preached throughout the whole world. Once the gospel is preached, he said, then the end will come. The end of what? The end of the church age. And how does it end? With the rapture of the church. And last week, if you remember, he gave us an indicator of what to look for. And that indicator was also the nation of Israel. Because Israel is called the fig tree. He says, watch the fig tree because when the fig tree starts to bloom, when its leaves get tender, in other words, when Israel is prospering, right? When all the people, all the Jews go back into the land of Israel, goes back to the promised land, he says, then you know, again, that the end of that generation is near. The rapture of the church. That's what he's speaking on. And in today's lesson, he's going to continue on speaking to his disciples about the rapture of the church. But he's also going to talk about, at the very end, the second coming of Jesus. Right? And we know at the second coming of Jesus, we, the bride, comes back with the bridegroom. We come back with Jesus. But Jesus is not coming back as a loving Savior. Right? Jesus is coming back to judge. He's coming back to condemn. He's coming back to do away with evil and wickedness in the world. He's coming back to save that remnant of the Jewish people. That one third that's going to flee into the wilderness, right? When the abomination that causes desolation happens. He's coming back also to set up his millennial kingdom. Which eventually after that thousand year reign on earth. And the bride, believers, the church, us, we rule and reign with Messiah in the millennial kingdom. And we're going to see that in today's scripture. 
right? We learned that in the book of Revelation, but Jesus once again is going to point it out that if we're truly faithful, we're truly righteous, right? That we're going to have a position in that millennial kingdom for him, right? You see, Jesus wants to know when all these things happen before the wrath of God, will you remain faithful to him? Or are you lukewarm? Or are you a lukewarm Christian, right? Or are you a half-hearted, committed Christian, right? You say you love God. You say you love Jesus. But when things get tough, do you really trust in Him? Do you re really keep your faith in Him knowing that all things work out for the good for those who believe? Amen? So with that being said, open up your Bibles to Matthew 24. And let's start with verse 43. And verse 43 says this, But understand this, that if the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would have not let his house be broken into. Right? So what Jesus is saying here, we need to keep watch. Because you see, if, if you know that thief is coming to break in or steal things from your house, to steal your belongings or whatever, you're going to stay up and you're going to keep watch. So Jesus is saying here, we need to be aware. We need to keep watch, right? Jesus is saying here, but understand this. He's saying you better know this and you better understand it, right? Because you see, this is Jesus talking. He's the Son of God, right? And it's very important what he needs to tell us here, right? You see, some of us might have a person that we talk to, right? Or a friend or whoever, right? And sometimes that friend leads us in the right direction. They give us good advice and sometimes they maybe not so, right? They don't give us no good advice at times, right? But this right here is Jesus. And what Jesus says always comes true. What Jesus says, he holds true to his promises so jesus is saying you need to understand what i'm about to say you need to listen you need to learn and you need to understand what he's about to tell us look what he says also he continues on if the owner of the house had not known at what time of the night the thief was coming he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into so what he's saying here is this we need to be watching in fact, Jesus says this to his disciples several times in many different ways, right? He says, be aware, right? Watch, take heed, listen, understand. Over and over, he instructs his disciples, right? Just like he's instructing us right here, that we need to watch, that we need to learn, that we need to understand, right? You see, he's telling us that we must understand and know the times, know the events, of the last days, right? We shouldn't be living our life with no thought concerning the last days. That's what he's saying. We need to understand. We need to study scripture. We need to know the truth. We need to understand God's word. We need to be watching. And you might be saying, watching for what? Watching for all those things that he talked about in verses 4 through 15 in chapter 24 in the book of Matthew. But also, what we learned last week about Israel being prosperous, about being the fig tree and producing fruit, right? This is why Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he's saying all these things to his disciples, believers, about disciples, about that generation before the wrath of God hits, right? He's speaking about the rapture of the church. 
So he's saying, look for all these things. They're all prophetic indicators that the end is near, right? So we should be on the lookout. We should be watching. Verse 44. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. So let's take that first text here that says, so you also must be ready. So he did, Jesus right here, the Son of God, our Lord and Savior, He's given us a command, right? Now, the question is this. Are you ready for the end times, right? You see, the only way to be prepared is by understanding and studying the Word of God, right? It's not only understanding and studying the Word, but we can also say that, that we need to seek God through His Son, Jesus, in prayer, right? Because Jesus, right, is going to prepare us for these times. You see, there's coming a time, right, where there's going to be intense persecutions for all those who live for Jesus, right? Those who believe in the Messiah, those who believe in the church, right? Those who have an intimate relationship with Jesus. So I'm going to ask you again, are you ready for the end times, right? And don't think this persecution is not coming here to America, people. Because it is, right? There's parts of the Middle East and parts of the world that Christians right now are being beheaded and put to death. Why? Because they believe in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? So again, are you ready for these end times, right? Are you going to be faithful to Jesus, right? You see, we need to ask Jesus to give us His insight, to give us His strength, to give us His understanding and wisdom, right? When these difficult things happen, right? And you might say, why? So you can be a testimony to others in a way that honors Jesus, that honors our Lord and Savior. Amen? Look what else he says in that verse, the next text. Because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect Him. Now, this isn't talking about the second coming, right? What he's talking about here is the rapture of the church because we know it's two different events. It happens at two different times, right? We know that the rapture of the church, Jesus comes out of the clouds, Still in the heavens, but he steps out of the clouds and you see him. He doesn't step all the way to the ground. And the dead in Christ will rise first, right? Wherever their bodies are, if it turns to dust or whatever, it's going to lift up out of the grave, right? Or uh, wherever it's at. And, and their body, they're going to be given a new body, is going to meet their soul in the air, right? Because when you die, the Bible says what? That when you absence in the body, you're present what? With the Lord. So, so you with the Lord. You either go in paradise, right? People call it heaven. What Jesus says to the thief on the cross, when the thief said, remember me when you come into thy kingdom. And what Jesus said, today you will be with me what? In paradise, right? So it's, it's, a, it's, it's paradise. It's not yet. The New Jerusalem. So you can say it's sort of like a holding cell, right? But your spirit lives on. Your spirit goes on. 
But when He comes back at the rapture of the church, that body, dust, whatever it is, is in the ground, in the grave. He'll form a new body and meet His soul in the air. But then the Bible also says those who are alive and well will remain, will be snatched up, right? So in other words, the, if you're a believer and the rapture of the church happens and Jesus takes you, right? In a millimeter of a second, you're gone. And you're given a new body. You're given a body just like our Lord and Savior, Jesus, right? And we know that there's two cosmic activities, so to speak, that takes place. We studied that the last couple of weeks because we know at the rapture of the church, the sun will be dark and the moon will be blood red. But at the second coming, right? Jesus comes all the way down, but Jesus is coming with the what? With the bride, with us, with the church, with believers. And He's coming not as a Savior. He's coming as what? The lion from the tribe of Judah, a warrior, to condemn, to judge, to save His people, to set up the millennial kingdom which will eventually usher in the eternal kingdom of heaven, right? But we know at the second coming what happens. The sun is dark, just like the rapture of the church. But the moon is no longer blood red. The moon is also dark. So when Jesus comes back with the church, with believers, at the second coming, the entire world is in total darkness. Why? Because when Jesus steps out of heaven, because Jesus is the light of the world, Everybody will see that our Lord and Savior, the Lion from the tribe of Judah, is coming back. What? To judge, to condemn, to get rid of evil, to save that remnant, that one-third of the Jewish nation, and to usher in the millennial kingdom, right? So, let's go back to the verse where he says, Because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect Him, right? What he's saying is this. Left to our own point of view. Jesus will come at a time that doesn't seem right. That doesn't make sense. It seems incorrect from our own perspective, right? So understand that we need to have his perspective to understand this. So Jesus says he's coming back when we least expect it. When things in the world and our human mind don't seem right. Now a great example of this. It's the story of the virgins, right? And understand that the virgins parallel the church. They expected, these virgins expected, right? The bridegroom to come earlier. But you see, in the story of the virgins, he was delayed. They knew he was coming, but he came later than what they perceived, than what they believed, than what they thought. So the story of the virgins is an indication of what will happen in the end times before the rapture of the church. Verse 45. Who then is the faithful and wise servant, Jesus says, whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them food at the proper time? So let's look at that first text where it says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant? So he's asking a question, but he's also making a statement here. He wants to know. Will you be that servant that is waiting for him? Will you be that servant that is ready for him? Right? And I'm going to ask you this question here. Are you faithful? Right? Or are you wise? Are you a good servant? Right? Now the question is, is how I can do this. Right? And he tells us this in a second. But look what it says first. Whom the master has put in charge of. 
of the servants and his household to give them food at the proper time. Now, the word master here is this. We see a change. Because up until now, right, if we go back to the first verse of today, verse 43, we see that he doesn't use the word master there. He uses the word steward or owner or manager of that home. But here it changes. He isn't using that word anymore. He's using a different word. He uses the word master. And master in this case means Lord. So we can see that this has spiritual implications, but it also points directly to him. Look what he says. He has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their proper food at the proper time. So he's telling us here, this is showing us that he's giving out some type of authority, right? And we're going to get to that in a minute. So this shows authority. Verse 46. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. So after Jesus comes back, right? If we are faithful, if we are wise, if we seek his wisdom, right? He's telling us here that he's going to give us authority over his possessions or his assets, right? Now, we need to learn something here, right? We will learn when we get into chapter 25 next week. The week after, we will learn a parable that Jesus talks about. He gives a parable of the good stewards of talents, right? Now, in that story, the talent means money or financial assets, right? But we know this, that there are three servants in that story of the, of, of the parable of the talents. Two of them did really well, and one, well, not so much, right? But what do we learn from this? See, we learn from this that those who are faithful, those who are wise, those who are good stewards, those who are good servants, right? Then they do the will of their master, right? And if you do the will of your master, then he's going to appoint to you much authority, where? In the millennial kingdom, when he comes back at the second coming. When he sets up his millennial kingdom. Because the Bible says in the book of Revelation that we will reign and rule with Messiah for a thousand years, right? So we're going to be sort of ambassadors, so to speak. We're going to be held in top positions of government, right? In this millennial kingdom. If you really are a true, faithful servant, right? If you believe, right? See, our job here on earth right now it's to tell people about the kingdom of heaven. Our job on earth, right, is to try to save as many souls as possible because we are a disciple of Jesus. And that's what Jesus said. He gave specific instructions to the original 12 disciples. But he also gave instructions to us that we are believers, that we intend to enlarge the kingdom of heaven because it's, it's God's intention and Jesus' intention for no soul to be lost for every soul to be saved but if souls can only be saved through believers right now through the church and my question is this are you doing your part for the church are you doing your part for jesus right are you speaking to someone about how good god is and how good jesus is that jesus is the messiah and that jesus died and he rose again on the third day right I mean, are you a good and honest, faithful servant, right? That's what he wants to know. Verse 47. 
Truly I tell you, he says, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. So again, if we are faithful, if we are wise, if we seek the truth, if we seek God's wisdom, right? If we work for the betterment of the kingdom of heaven, then Jesus is going to give us authority in that millennial kingdom. In other words, if we are faithful and wise, he's going to give us everything that we need in that eternal kingdom of heaven. Verse 48. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away long time. Now, there's a lot of stuff happening here. Notice what he says. But suppose the servant is wicked. So we see here that there's only two possibilities in Jesus' eyes, right? There's only good and there's evil. There's nothing in between. You're either a good servant or you're not a good servant. You're evil. So let me go back to the beginning of this lesson where Jesus wants us to be found faithful. So are you truly faithful? Are you truly committed? Or are you lukewarm? Or are you half committed to Jesus? I'm committed to Jesus when things are going good in my life. But the minute the world throws adversity at me, the minute there's disease and pestilence, the minute there's natural disasters that strike our area. Do you lose faith in Jesus? Do you doubt? Because if you doubt and you lose faith, then you're lukewarm. You're truly not committed. And Jesus is not looking for lukewarm Christians. Jesus is not looking for half-committed Christians. Jesus is looking for a full-time Christian. Jesus is looking for us to go be that light in this dark world. Jesus is looking for us to be his voice to speak about the eternal kingdom of heaven. Amen? Right? You see, there's many people that think they're a servant of God. But they're really not. Right? There's many people that believe that when they die, there's a place for them in heaven that they're saved. But you see, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to be fooled. Because they have hearted. They're lukewarm Christians. They're not fully committed. Or maybe they learned the incorrect gospel, right? Maybe they put religion instead of having a relationship with Jesus, right? See, Jesus is saying, if you're all of these, then you really aren't servants of mine. Instead, you're evil. And this is what the scripture is saying right here, right? And says to himself, my master is staying away for a long time. So again, when Jesus returns for His church, it will appear to most that He isn't coming because He's late. He's delayed. Let's go back to the parable of the virgins. They knew that the bride was coming. The bridegroom was coming for the bride. They knew that He was coming, but yet He got delayed. And you see, when all these birth pains are happening, people's going to be saying, Jesus, I thought you was coming. I thought the Bible says that he was coming. And they're going to lose hope. Right? Let's go back to COVID-19. COVID-19, a man-made disease. Right? That was a test from God to see how faithful the church was towards him. And if that's an indication, then the church failed. Because what happened to the church? What happened to most people when this, quote, unquote, pandemic hit. People were fearful. 
They were afraid. They listened to man instead of listening to God. They listened to government and doctors instead of listening to the Spirit and let the Spirit lead them. Amen? But the good news is this. That just was a test for you. What are you going to do next time? Because it's coming again. Are you going to fear? Are you going to listen to government? Are you going to listen to man? Are you going to listen to a doctor? Are you going to seek the Holy Spirit in prayer? And you're going to let Him lead you and guide you knowing that it doesn't matter what happens. See, you ask a lot of people, what happened during COVID? Why are you so afraid? I'm afraid to die, they say. Well, if you're afraid to die, I'm going to I'm kind of touch a nerve right here with some people. Then you really don't understand Scripture. You really don't, you really don't have a relationship with Jesus. Because the place that we're going next, if you're a believer, is a whole lot better than where we are right now. Sometimes I think the place we are right now on earth is hell. Although it's not. But it seems like it sometimes. So we should never fear death. Because if you're a believer in Christ, the Bible says that you live forever through Jesus. Amen? Through our Messiah. Right? So he says to himself, right? My master is staying away for a long time. Again, when Jesus returns for the rapture of the church, so much things are going to be going on. All these things that we talked about in verses 4 through 15. It's going to be chaotic. People's going to be in fear. But you see, Jesus wants us to be faithful to Him. To rely on Him. To pray to Him. To seek Him. Why? So we can be a positive influence in that dark world for other people when all these chaotic times are coming. The Bible says 365 times, fear not, do not be afraid. Jesus has given us an indication here that we are to not fear anything but Him. In other words, it doesn't matter what the devil throws at you, what this world throws at you. Because understand, the devil and what the world throws at you is allowed by God. It's, it's a test of your faith. And will you remain faithful to Jesus, right? You see, if we aren't walking in faith, if we aren't aware of all those prophetic signs that Jesus is saying, right? Then we're not going to do what we should be doing, right? And it's going to appear to most people, right? That really don't understand Scripture. That really is not 100% committed to Jesus. Because if you're not 100% committed to Jesus, when all these things happen, right before the rapture of the church, Jesus is going to be delayed coming. But remember this. Jesus' time is always perfect. God's timing is always right on time, right? And when Jesus comes for the rapture of the church, He's going to come when God our Father sends Him. Because what does Scripture say? No one knows the day or the hour. This is talking about the rapture of the church. But only a Father in heaven that knows, right? The angels don't know. Mary doesn't know. Jesus Himself doesn't know, Jesus tells us. But only the Father knows. And when the Father sends him, that's when he's going to return. But you see, if you're not fully committed, if you're a lukewarm Christian or if you're a non-believer, right? If you're a non-believer, you don't even believe in the rapture of the church. You don't even believe in Jesus, right? You're going to be in fear. But if you're a lukewarm Christian, supposedly, you know, you say you know Jesus and you say you know the Bible and you say you know God. But when he doesn't show up, you know what you're going to do? You're going to... You're going to turn away from your faith. 
Because you're going to say he's not showing up, although he is going to show up, but he's late. He's delayed. That's the message of, of the story of the ten virgins, right? You're going to give up on him. That's what Jesus is trying to say here. Are you fully committed, right? Are you true, truly faithful to me? Because I want you to be an inspiration to other people, to lead them into faith. You not go along with the rest of the world and fear, but you need to stand on top and be that leader, be that disciple that God chose you to be, to be an inspiration for Him, for Jesus, for others, and lead them into the eternal kingdom of heaven. Verse 49. And He then begins to beat His fellow servants. And He begins to eat and drink with drunkens. So eating and drinking means fellowship, right? Means you're close to someone. You identify with someone, right? So these people, they call themselves Christians, believers, but they're really lukewarm. When all this chaotic stuff is happening in the world, these birth pains, and it's going to be intense because the church is not escaping the birth pains, it's going to seem like Jesus is not showing up. These people are going to give up on Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying here. And what's going to happen? They're going to turn on fellow believers. They're going to betray Him. They're going to turn them over to government officials to be persecuted, to be put to death, right? And you might be saying, why do they do this? Because that's how the world's going to be at this time, when this occurs. If you're a believer in Christ, the whole world's going to be against you. The government is going to be against you. Everybody is going to be against you. They're going to want to put you to death. Now, when he says drunken dry here, these people who that, that's considered people who are unbelievers. In other words, they don't have the proper perspective about Jesus, about heaven, about the eternal kingdom of God, right? So what Jesus is saying here is when it appears that he's not showing up, although he will, these lukewarm Christians, these half-hearted committed people, they're going to betray other believers. They're going to turn on them because they're going to think that Jesus forgot about them, but he didn't. Verse 50. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him or at an hour he is not aware of. Now the master of that servant will come. This is speaking about Jesus coming, right? But now he's speaking of the second coming here. Because the rapture of the church happened. When the rapture of the church happens, those true believers that remain 100% faithful, 100% committed, they're raptured up. So, look what he says. The master of the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him or an hour that he is not he's unaware of. In other words, when Jesus comes back, what will he do to all these unbelievers at the second coming? We're going to talk about that in a minute. But let's look at that second text in verse 50. On a day when he does not expect him or an hour that he is not aware of. In other words, this showing us right here, Jesus is showing us all these people were unprepared. There wasn't, they weren't watching. They weren't watching these signs about the rapture of the church. They don't know about the second coming of Jesus, right? They're really unbelievers, right? Now here is what we see in this. What he's saying is this. 
All these people who did not keep watch, all these lukewarm Christians, all these non-believers, they're evil servants, right? That's what he's saying here. He's saying you never really was a servant to me at all. He's saying you don't belong to me. In other words, one that isn't truly committed to Jesus. So you might ask, what will happen to these people when the master returns, right? Because that's what he says in the scripture. He tells us this in verse 51, our last verse for today. Look what he says. He will cut him into pieces and he will assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and a gnashing of teeth. Look at that first text. He will cut him into pieces. Now, there are some people that just can't accept this right here, right? In other words, they look at Jesus and they look at Jesus as loving, compassionate, and merciful, right? They don't look at Jesus as putting down judgment. They don't look at Jesus as being angry. They don't look at Jesus from a harmful side, right? But you see, this is totally wrong, right? Because this isn't biblical if they think this way. Because we know this, Jesus is all loving, merciful, compassion. He's all those things that, that I mentioned earlier. They know that. That's why right now is your chance to have a relationship with Jesus. Because he's forgiving, he's loving, he's merciful. But there's coming a time or day. You got two chances. You do it now and you get raptured up and you don't have to go through the wrath of God. Or you still have a chance even when the wrath of God is poured out. Why? Because at the end, when he comes back with the church, at the second coming, he's coming back to earth. He's coming back to the Mount of Olives. And we know the Bible says that when he lands on the Mount of Olives, that mountain will split. It will split in half and it's going to form a valley. And that valley ushers in the millennial kingdom. But when he steps foot on the Mount of Olives, he's coming to pass judgment. He's coming as the line from the tribe of Judah. He's coming to get rid of evil, to get rid of wickedness in this world, right? That's not a loving God when He comes back. It's not a merciful God when He comes back. It's not a forgiving God when He comes back. You see, when He comes back at the second coming, it's too late if you're an unbeliever. You will be condemned. You will be thrown into the bottomless pit. You will be thrown into the lake of fire, right? And look what else he says. And he will assign him a place with the hypocrites. Now, hypocrites, we said this already. These people say one thing, but they do something totally opposite. So right here, he's giving us an example using the word hypocrites. He's talking about the religious leaders, right? You see, the word tells us that they were never really true believers in Messiah Yeshua. And we say this all the time, that you can't get to the Father without going through Jesus. Because Jesus says in John 14, 6, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to get to the Father. He says, no man come to the Father but by me and through me. So you can't know God without knowing Jesus. you got to have a relationship with Jesus in order to know and understand our God, right? Look what he says, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Weeping means sorrow. It means great sadness. The gnashing of teeth means severe pain, torture, and suffering, right? So this is speaking of hell. This is speaking of the lake of fire. Why? 
Because Jesus tells us earlier, they never really were believers. They were evil. They never wanted to pick up the cross and follow Jesus, right? They never knew Jesus as the Messiah, right? They live for the flesh. They live for their own ways. Pride, right? So you will spend eternity in darkness. You will spend eternity in, in fear, right? See, there's only two choices. There's heaven or there's the new Jerusalem. There's hell or heaven. That's your choices. So Jesus is saying here, it's your choice. You can have darkness. You can live in sadness. You can have severe pain, torturing, right? Sorrow. Or, he's saying, you can have blessings. You can have the wisdom of Jesus. You can have the body of Jesus. You can be with Jesus, the goodness of Jesus. Worshipping of our God, of our Lord and Savior. Worshipping with Jesus. Ruling with Jesus in the millennial kingdom, right? See, Jesus is saying right here, the choice is yours. Which one will you choose? Amen? And that ends our lesson for today. We'll be back next week starting a new chapter in the book of Matthew. We'll be covering chapter 25. Until next week. Go bless somebody this week. Be the light in this dark world. We really appreciate you all tuning in. We love you guys. God bless.